Our gospel lesson this day comes from the Gospel of Mark, the 11th chapter. Hear these words. When Jesus and his followers approached Jerusalem, they came to Bethphage and Bethany at the Mount of Olives. Jesus gave two disciples a task, saying to them, Go into the village over there. As soon as you enter it, you will find tied up there a colt that no one has ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone says to you, why are you doing this? Say, its master needs it, and he will send it back right away. They went and found a colt tied to a gate outside on the street, and they untied it. Some people standing around said to them, what are you doing untying the colt? They told them just what Jesus said, and they left them alone. They brought the colt to Jesus and threw their clothes upon it, and he sat upon it. Many people spread out their clothes on the road, while others spread branches cut from the fields. Those in front of him and those following were shouting, Hosanna! Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessings on the coming kingdom of our ancestor David. Hosanna in the highest. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. After he looked around at everything, because it was already late in the evening, he returned to Bethany with the the twelve. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, let the words of my mouth and the thoughts and meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I am not very good at sarcasm. We didn't use a sarcastic style of humor in my family growing up. And so I may have passed this on to some of my offspring When making a clear exaggeration or a joke, we often hear in our house from this troubled voice, you're not serious, are you? Or, that's a joke, Dad, right? Now, we don't think we're supposed to read Scripture then like it could be sarcastic or think that Jesus might ever be ironic. We think that we're supposed to be serious in church or serious when we read Scripture. But I want to invite you today to think that the, the entire scene of Palm Sunday might be intentionally ironic. You see, there were four elements that always followed an entrance processional into a Greco-Roman culture. First of all, the conqueror or the ruler was escorted into the city by their army. We almost could picture that scene from Aladdin where Prince Ali comes riding into town as a picture kind of of what this might look like. So they come, trumpets blaring, everything going on, and and the ruler or the king comes rushing in. The second part is that that procession was accompanied by hymns and acclamations. There might be a saying that was repeated like those we hear at a large gathering. There might be a hymn that was sung in honor of that ruler over and over as they made their way into the city to appropriate it. The third thing was that elements that were taking place in the procession and elements and symbols that were seen were usually symbols of the authority of this ruler who was coming in to possess the city and take control. And the fourth thing is there was usually a ritual of appropriation, oftentimes a sacrifice, that would happen in the temple as a symbol, as a symbol of their final appropriation of the city. Now, the musical Godspell came out in the early 1970s. 
And it presents a different take on Jesus and his disciples. And as I watched the opening scene from the movie again this week, I was reminded of the parody that this musical presents. I don't think this musical is in any way a mockery of Scripture. Rather, it was using the parables of Jesus to mock the values of the broader culture. So in the opening scene, as John the Baptist prepares the way, disciples drop the trappings of their earthly wealth to go into the waters of baptism in the city's fountain. And Jesus, throughout the show, is dressed and made up like a clown. But he's not a clown, per se. He is leading a different type of movement that parodies what is going on in the world around. In the biblical story, this is probably most vivid, this parody, this irony in the story of Palm Sunday. So Jesus takes the four elements of the typical entrance procession and he subverts them. First, he's escorted into the city by his disciples, by those following him, but not by a big army. And in fact, we get the idea in this processional that the, some of those who are with him and who are proclaiming him didn't even really know what they were doing. His group of fishermen, women, and some of those who were healed along the way didn't quite realize what scene they were maybe enacting as they processed along with Jesus into the city that day. Secondly, Jesus is acclaimed using a processional psalm. Psalm 118 likely would have been one of those songs that pilgrims sang on their way into the holy city. This was also an enthronement type of psalm, one that would have been used as a king was being crowned. So in verses 25 to 26, we hear, Lord, please save us, or the word, Hosanna. Lord, please let us succeed. The one who enters in the Lord's name is blessed. We bless you all from the Lord's house. But the cry of the crowd, Hosanna, is also in a sense that God would preserve the Messiah. It's kind of like, it's kind of like when the Brits sing, God save the queen. But Jesus is determined not to be preserved this week, right? But to go instead on the way of the cross. Third, the symbols that take place. We get this symbol of the colt or the donkey who's fulfilling the scripture. We get the palm branches waving, right? And the cloaks put on the donkey and put then on, uh, on the very ground itself, on the road. But first of all, we have the story of the donkey, Jesus clearly has a plan for this donkey in 11 verses that we read today. Seven of the 11 are devoted to the procurement of this donkey. Jesus gives two disciples this donkey duty, and they have to go and get the animal. And we understand while reading it that the donkey was not a war stallion, right? There is irony here. Jesus does not come riding in on a war stallion, but Jesus is also riding in on an animal that was set apart. It had never been ridden or broken. This was known in prophecy as well. The branches and the cloaks on the road were often signs of military leaders riding into town. But we see that Jesus isn't a military leader. The only arrangement he has made is not for weapons to be procured, but for a donkey that could be ridden. And then Jesus appropriates the temple. In the end of the scene, and what we often think of as a throwaway verse, especially here in Mark, one that I hardly ever paid attention to, it says this, 
Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple. After he looked around at everything, because it was already late in the evening, he returned to Bethany with the twelve. So the scripture literally tells us, right, that Jesus goes into the temple, looks around at everything, and leaves. Nothing happens in this scene. The true temple appropriation will actually take place the next day when Jesus comes in and clears out the money changers from the temple. But a typical ruler coming into town to appropriate it and to take over would perform a grand gesture that established them as the rightful ruler. So what does it mean for us that Jesus entered into town on Palm Sunday in this way? Two things. One, we are still looking for a Messiah today. We don't always like how Jesus comes into town. We want his way and his rule to be more obvious and what we would expect. So we look for something more grand, someone who will actually save us, and not just this carpenter from Galilee who comes in riding into town on a donkey. We look forward to a new president or administration, hoping that this time it will all go better. We have a new relationship on the horizon, and this will be the person that gives me happiness. We have a new author or guru or podcaster or influencer to follow, and now I will finally get my life together. Sometimes the Jesus that these people proclaim looks nothing like the Jesus that we actually read about in the New Testament. Sometimes we make Jesus into our own image, the image that does not understand the humble irony of today. So Jesus' humble entry into town is actually the way that we are called to follow. And everything that looks shiny initially in the promises of this world loses its shine rather quickly. The second thing this tells us is this. It's about the irony of this entire holy week. This day, Palm Sunday, is always ironic. We celebrate, waving palms, we have the kids march around, knowing that the cross comes in just five days. And finally in the gospel, when you read along with the gospel, whether it's Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, we enter into real time. Before this in all of the gospels, we have sort of this three-year medley of the things Jesus says and does. But now we have seven verses devoted to donkey procurement. The scriptural message becomes more detailed and I think we are called to slow down and to follow this pattern in this week. So we pray and worship throughout the week. We celebrate today on Palm Sunday, albeit a touch ironically. We recognize servitude as Jesus washes our feet and shares the last meal with us on Thursday prior to his arrest. We recognize Jesus dying on our behalf on Friday, calling out to God, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And it is finished. We pause on Saturday and remember that Jesus descended to the dead. And we prepare to get up on Easter and see the tomb empty. We will go through all of this this week. That's a lot of emotions, a lot 
of reflection. It's holy for a reason. My invitation to you is to enter into this week and to participate, to bask in the holiness of it all, to slow down, following Jesus all the way to Calvary. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. you at this time to join with us as we proclaim the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven, is seated at the right hand of the Father, and will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. I invite you to join me at this time in the prayers of the people. Gracious and loving God, you have shown us that the way of the cross